Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you today. You're going to hear from Coach Masaki Matsumoto. He's currently the head football coach at Lincoln High School in Tacoma, Washington. Incredible story, powerful testimony. I can't wait for you to hear from him. But before we jump into it, let me just say that with technology, our connection was not the best. So you may hear some, some delays in this conversation, but stick with it. It's, it's, it's powerful. You'll be encouraged. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach Matsumoto. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, as I mentioned before we started recording, you're the first one um, being interviewed on this podcast from the Pacific Northwest. So this will be a, this is, you're a, you're a special first timer for us um, in that part of the country. So um, I, I know there's a lot going on, but um, I just want to say that before we get started. But I'd like you to start out with just giving us a little bit about who you are, uh, maybe where you grew, grew up, and uh, a little bit about your family growing up and where you are today. Yeah, so I, I was born in Japan, um, pretty normal upbringing, I, I would, you know, I would say, um, until I was about uh, three years old, my mom and dad got a, a divorce, um, she was in a bad relationship, and um but, you know, even then, um, pretty typical, you know, split home house where I would live with my, my brother and I would live with my mom during the week, go visit my dad on the weekends. Yeah. Um, nothing out of the norm, but, but when I was about sixth grade, that's when my life really changed. Uh, my mom came into the living room and she said, to my brother and I, we were watching TV and um, said, I'm moving to America. Um, you, could, you guys can either go with me or stay with dad. And my brother being older, five years older, I think he was a little bit more established. And so he decided to stay with my dad in Japan. But um, me being younger uh, and kind of a mama's boy at that point, um, I decided to go with my mom. And so you know, that's where my mom and I moved to, to Seattle um, when I was about six years old. And, um, you know, I didn't know any English or anything like that. And so I think that's why sports is such a became a big part of my life, because that's how I um, sort of fit in with people in America. You know, the, the, there was no language, language barrier when it came, came to athletics. And so... Um, yeah, so that's why sports is a big, big part of my life. And then growing up, I started um, playing football. Uh, again, I was very intrigued when I was first introduced to it when I was, you know, six, seven years old. And uh, I've had great coaches and, you know, high school, college coaches have become men my mentors and they really cared about me as a person and um, kind of fulfilled that father role that I didn't have because obviously my, my dad um, stayed in Japan. And so I think that's why I, I, I take coaching seriously because I know what it can do. And I know it's just, you know, if you're, if you're intentional about it, it's, it can help more than just the, you know, the athlete and the, in a kid. And um, yeah. So uh, after high school, I went, I moved to college or I went to college, uh, got a, you know, was was fortunate to get a football scholarship at a small NAIA school in Chicago, and again met a, met my head coach there, who really impacted my life in a in a big way, and kind of learned biblical football uh, through him. You know, just kind of teaching um, character through football, and um, just you know um, the the teachings of Jesus through uh, the game of football. Um, that's, and his name is coach Lambert. And so, yeah, he's, he's, he's been a big part of my life and just how I coach. And then after college moved to San Diego, um, cause I wanted to get, get to grad school and, and finish that right away. And there, um, I started coaching at a, uh, school in San Diego. Uh, uh, they're called cathedral Catholic high school and really good program. It's a powerhouse down there. And, um, you know, I learned a lot of great things and learned how to run a program there and um, got, you know, a couple state titles there 
uh, being an assistant. And so I, I, I've, I really feel fortunate that I started my coaching career there. Well, grad school was over and I needed to get a full-time teaching job. Um, but there was nothing in San Diego, but I still wanted to stay in, LA, uh, in, in California. And so I applied to LA um, and there was a brand new school opening up with this is in 2008 now. And um, I, I want, I applied there because I, you know, it's a brand new school and I knew that they would need coaches. And so I applied there and got a special ed teaching job there. And um, I became the head track coach right away. And, um, but they had already hired a uh, football coach. So, um, you know, I came on as an assistant and yeah, that's how I kind of started my full-time teaching career and, and, um, my full-time gig. And that's, that was, that, that school was Bernstein, uh, the one on, um, E60, yeah. Well, uh, four years being an assistant there, um, you know, we went four and 36 and, um, the principal, uh, said, Hey, uh, you know, we're going to move in a different direction. We're going to let go of the head coach. We love what you're doing with the track program. And you, you know, you're already in the, on the staff, uh, would you like to be the head coach of the football team? And it, it you know, I had to think about it a couple of days, uh, cause I knew it was going to be a huge responsibility um, but, you know, after praying and, um, kind of talking to some mentors, I decided to take it and, um, yeah, the first year we, we went eight and three and made the playoffs and turned the program around and, um, we were there for three years and, you know, we were very successful, but around 2014, I started missing uh home and I started to realize I needed to come back to the uh, Northwest because that's where my mom was still, um, living here and, and she still is. And so and she's getting older and I knew I would need to eventually take care of her. And so I started kind of looking around, um, for jobs, but I didn't want to just leave for a random, you know, coaching position in school because we had built something special at Bernstein. Um, but in 2015, about in, I think it was in January, my high school football coach, who's still coaching at the same school, he emailed me an article about um, John Kitna leaving Lincoln High School. And he he said, hey, this would be a great program for you to take over. It's still inner city kids, just like Bernstein. Um, but, you know, there's a little bit of stability because of Coach Kitna. Um, and so that night I emailed the, the principal and um, – sent in my resume and we, we got a Skype interview or we did a Skype interview a few weeks later and then got the job. And, and I moved up to uh, Tacoma, Washington to be the head coach at Lincoln in 2015. And we just finished our fourth season and um, going into my, our fifth uh, in, in about a, five days. So that's, that's kind of my story. That's awesome. So you, you you talk about how you got to Lincoln. What was it like following a guy like John Kitten? I mean, he's had quite um, success at the at the high school level, both actually at Lincoln, but also after he moved here to Texas, a a, a lot of success. What's it like following a guy like that? Yeah, it was it was probably the the you know toughest season, toughest year I, I I've had in coaching, um, just because. It's, it's, you know, I thought it, taking over a bad program like Bernstein was a lot easier than taking over a, you know, um, established program uh, just because everything's questioned. You know, um, if you didn't do anything, if you didn't do something the same as Coach Kitna, it was, hey, well, we didn't oh, yeah. do it this way and or <laughs> we didn't do that, you know. And obviously, you know, he, he – kind of turned that program around and um, put a lot of money into it and him being a former NFL player, it was really, it was really tough for me to uh, follow, you know, and, but at the same time, I, I really grew as a coach there. And, um, you know, the things that we have now in our program, like our program vision, our core covenants, um, those things were established after that first season, because, you know, I, I thought I knew what I was doing, what I stood for, what our program, uh, what I wanted the program to stand for, et cetera. But during that first season, 
when I was getting questioned uh, about so many different things, I kind of wavered on on the things that I thought were um, the foundations and and things I believed in. And so after that season, I said, you know what, I'm gonna sit down and um, and and no matter what, no matter who questions uh, us or no matter what we're going through, um, this is the foundation that we're gonna always lean on. And so it was tough, but at the same time, it was really good and, and really challenging and, and, and growing experience for me as head coach. And I want to talk about those core covenants here, here in a minute. But before we do that, I want to go back to your time at Bernstein in L.A. because yes, sir. you can taken over um, a program that was relatively new and not a lot of success um, on the field. Um, and But you had success um, both on and off the field winning a coach of the year in the LA area, which I can imagine is quite an honor considering how large the Los Angeles area is. But I want to focus on an area um, I was reading and preparing for this um, and looking up where ESPN has done two different stories on their E60 program that highlighted some of your work. Um, One of them was talking about uh, using love letters from parents um, to change the culture. So talk about, what led you to that and just what that, what that meant for the program and, and why, why a love letter from parents? Yeah. So, you know, I would like to say, Hey, I, you know, came up with the idea and, you know, I'm some genius, but um, I got the idea from Tom, Tom Boehner. He's a, a high school football coach. He's a head football coach at Bothell high school um, and in North Seattle. And, something I done since I become a head coach is I always try to visit um, at least three successful programs in the off season and talk to their head coach and learn and, and, you know, steal stuff from, and he was actually the first head coach I visited after I had become a head coach. And I mean, I got so many great ideas from him and, and he's still, you know, we're, we're friends now and I still visit him once a year just to, you know, talk over stuff, but, um, he actually did this with his team, you know, a little different, but, you know, I had to kind of tweak it and make it, make it our own. But, um, when I heard what he did, what he did, um, I was just kind of blown away and I was contemplating on if I should do it or not. But, but more I thought about it, I was like, man, you know, he's at a more affluent school and it's powerful. I, I think, at a school like ours, it would be even more powerful, you know, because a lot of our moms or a lot of our kids, you know, have single moms and they work two, three jobs. And I'm sure that they don't hear that message a lot, you know, and a lot of them come from broken homes. And um, I just, I started realizing, you know, I think think a lot of our kids don't do well in school and they, they get into bad things and they join gangs because they don't feel like they're loved or they belong to anything, you know? And so I just thought this would be such a powerful thing for them to hear, you know, something like this from people they want to really hear from, which is, you know, their family and parents. And so, um, yeah, that when I, when I got that idea that, I got, I got that idea in December because I, you know, I was visiting home for Christmas and um, that following summer um, we decided to do it. And what I did was write a, a letter to the parents, typed it out. And then I also had the Spanish teacher write one in Spanish. And um, we sealed it up in an envelope with a blank piece of paper uh, in it as well. And we gave it to the players and said, hey, give these to your parents. Please don't open the envelope um, and gave them a due date and um, gave them, you know, two, three weeks to do it. And once they brought it back, um, I, I held on to it for like a week. And um, one day in July, after a workout, um, we took them into the gym and I, I told them about the letters. Um, hey, I said, yeah, you guys remember the envelopes that you guys brought me back? Well, here's what it is. And I want you to, um, I'm going to give it give it to you guys uh, individually back to you. I want you to find a room, you know, some quiet space in the gym by yourself and read it. And it was, mm. it was amazing. I mean, 
you know, I, I gave him about 20 minutes. I said, you know, just read it. Don't be near anyone. Don't talk to anyone. Just read the letter and just kind of reflect on it. And kids were, I mean, crying, sobbing. Um, it was, it was, it was crazy. And I was just walking around and just kind of, you know, getting, getting the reaction of the players and, um, yeah. And then afterwards, um, we, I brought them back together on the bleachers and just, you know, let them know, Hey man, like if you didn't think you were loved, you're wrong. <laughs> you are loved. Wow. And not only are you loved, you know, not only are you loved by your parents and the, the ones who wrote you the letter, but you're loved by us too. You know, you, have, you also have a family here and, you know, I don't, I don't want you to ever use like the excuse of, Hey, I don't, I don't matter. Or I don't, I'm not love for you to not be successful. And so, yeah. And then I, I had, I had some kids who, um, I just, I just kind of left, you know, uh, did an open mic. I said, if any of you want to share what's on your heart or share what's on the letter, come up. And I, I probably had 15, 20 kids uh, come up one by one and said, you know, hey, I never knew my dad felt this way. I never, I didn't even think he loved me. And, you know, now I know. And um, one, one, one player said, um, you know, he would, every day when his mom was at work, he would wait for her to come home on the porch because um he wanted to make sure she came home because his dad mm-hmm. never did come home you know and, and come back and and so there's just a lot of powerful stories and um you know i, I always say hey you can't really truly care about someone un- t- until you know their pain and um that's what really the letters did when and, and when the kids were able to share this with the team and the coaches we just we knew their pain and we were able to kind of you know um develop empathy for them and and i think the kids started just caring about each other way more and same with the coaches and that year you know we we had a we made a deep run to the semifinals and um you know obviously there's a lot of factors but i i i believe i i truly believe that um the team chemistry and the and the bond that the brotherhood that we developed through those letters and the fact that they became closer with their families. Um, Man, that's um, kind of left me speechless, which is not, doesn't happen very often. But uh, just hearing that story as a dad um, <laughs> is kind of convicting because, um, you know, I didn't grow up in a family. I mean, my parents love me more than um, I can put into words, but it's not something that we talked about or I just knew they did. And so as a dad, I tried to, to take that same approach, but then, but also let my kids know I love them. And, but I'm just sitting here, you know, thinking about the power of a letter. Um, and when my kids are really young, my oldest is uh, 15 and we have twins that are 12. When my oldest was very young, I did write a couple letters, you know, had to, but I, 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 I quit doing it. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're just speaking, you know, a lot of truth that there's a power in that. You know, yeah. letting, letting letting our kids know um, that we love them, and and I'm talking about just my own kids. Um, yeah, that's incredible. I don't think that I truly don't think it's an accident that y'all made it to the semifinals. <laughs> I don't think I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was amazing. Yeah, it it really was. And you know, we had I mean that that school year when we had parent conferences and you know back to school nights. I mean there were a few moms from the team that came and said, thank you for doing that, <laughs> you know, and yeah, it probably, that, it probably that changed my, them too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, I think that's the biggest part. I mean, not the semifinals or that we, you know, went 11 and two that year, like it was that some of the family relationships were restored, you know, and that, it, just through a, a simple letter <laughs> that I stole from my a coach. <laughs> so it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So how did how did um, ESPN get a hold of the story? Well, first it, it got big because of LA Times. Um, Eric uh, Sondheimer he co- he covers um, he's he works for the LA Times and he covers LA sports and um, it was it was the first it was actually the first season. Like I told you, we went eight and three, um, and going into that second season. Um, he just, he called me and said, Hey, what, what are you doing at Bernstein? You, you guys were terrible, <laughs> you know? And I think he was 
expecting like, oh, well, you know, we got a brand new coaching staff and we have these amazing X's and O's and da 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 da, you know? Yeah. Um, but I told them, um, I, I just said, we, we, you know, we have, we just, we're trying to teach our kids to care about each other and be great teammates. And he said, well, how are you doing that? And, um, I, you know, I, I gave him some examples and, and told him what the things we're doing. And then when, and then one of the things that I talked about was the letters and cause obviously that was the big part. And, and then he just, I mean, he couldn't believe it. And he probably coming by once a week to do a story on you guys. And yeah. And then, um, he wrote a front page article on the LA times about it. And then a year or so later, then that's when ESPN got a hold of it because of that article. Yeah. And just so the listeners know, it'll, um, if you click on the show notes, you'll see a link to it. I would encourage you to go, to go watch that. Just a powerful story. Like I said, it's just very challenging um, and even convicting to me um, as a dad to make sure that my family knows I love them. And even kids outside of our family that are, that we have relationships with and, and coaches that are listening, um, just the simple power of parents engaging their kids through the program. Now I, I want to um, talk about your core covenant, if you will, um, and kind of your mission and vision. So again, in, in preparation, I went to your uh, Lincoln football website and, you know, and then you email me an updated vision statement that says to help people reach their full potential and build champions with love and accountability. And then four covenants, your, your core covenants, love, ownership, accountability, and discipline. And what stood out to me in both of those is the first word, um, when you're talking about building champions was love. And then your, in your core covenants, the first word is love. Um, being a sports fan for years, that's not a word when I research sports. I usually don't see the word love is the first one mentioned, right? I mean, it's usually discipline, accountability, you know, winning, um, character maybe. Um, but I'm just – I'm curious, and I, I understand it goes back to those love letters, but how does that – you know, what does that look like in your program today that the first thing you, you mentioned in both your, your statement and your core covenants is love? Can, can, can you repeat that last part? It was kind of glitchy. Yeah, so... That, that last question, that last part of yeah, the question. So, yeah, so how do you... I know it goes back to those love letters, obviously, is the power in that, but, you know, how do you incorporate love as your main core covenant into a football program. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for our football program, love means you can depend on me. And I mean, that just says everything, you know, uh, um, to be a great teammate, to be a hard worker too. And, um, you know, I think love is the driving force. You know, I, I don't think you're going to take ownership of, for, of your, uh, of your life and, for the mistakes you've made. Uh, I don't think you're going to hold someone accountable in the way they need to be held accountable. I don't think you're going to practice discipline. I don't think, you know, any of those things happen first without love. And I think, you know, in my opinion, love drives everything, you know, everything that's good. And, um, and so that's why that's all, that's, that's, you know, we, we, we call the love, like our, the, it's the cornerstone of the, of our program, you know, like obviously we have four core covenants, but the three follow because of, because of love. And, um, obviously being a man of faith, you know, that's, that's what Jesus and God talks about the most, you know, loving your neighbors and loving God and loving yourself. And, you know, um, and, and so I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it was kind of obvious to me when I was coming up with it. I mean, it, love has to be the driving force first and foremost. Otherwise the next three don't even really happen or matter. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's just something that, you know, like I said, um, when you look at, especially in football, when you go read books, go to websites, listen to coaches talk, 
that's just not the yeah. word you hear. I mean, you hear accountability, discipline, yeah, and a lot. And the, I yeah. mean, you do hear about um, you can count on me that team concept. But I, I just love the fact um, that you put that out there. That love is the foundation. Yeah, that's just not the norm. Yeah, and and we make it clear to our our, our boys um, because I think the world tell you know the world does a really bad job of of. Um, defining love, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I think to many people, love is an emotion. Uh, love is a feeling. Love is this like lovey-dovey, soft thing. And and I think understand what real love is. And it's like 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 I said, it's it's an action. It's a verb. It's a choice. And I mean. You know, what's more manly than sacrificing yourself for someone else that you love, you know, or care about and and being dependable when you don't feel like being dependable, you know? And so we 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 really try to drive that home and we let them know that hey, the the love isn't what you see in movies and, and Hollywood and love songs. Like love is showing up for your teammates when you don't want to and and taking on the block when you don't you know, when it's not gonna benefit you, et cetera. And so again, um you know, because our ultimate goal is for them to become great husbands and fathers, you know. And so um, if they can if they can be learn to be great teammates because of because they love their teammates, we believe that they have a better chance of doing that for their future, you know, uh, wife and kids. And so, again, we, we, we take that uh, very seriously as, as a coaching staff. That's awesome. And, you know, and I mean, what you just described is a beautiful picture of uh of the gospel i mean you know the, the bible says you know it's no greater love than when a friend laid down his life for others and that's what jesus did for you and me right i mean so you're you're painting a beautiful picture of the ultimate love and that's what jesus dying on the cross for us and which exactly. was god's love for us and then that you know we love others because of that so um i think that's incredible exactly so the four words, love, ownership, accountability, and discipline. How would you encourage someone that's listening to put those into practice in their daily life, I, whether a coach or not? I mean, to me, those are four words. Ever since I, you know, saw those listed as your core covenants, um, although, I mean, th- those words are not new to me, but just that those are, you know, your your core foundation, you know, it's caused me to look at my own life and in that area, right? So how would you encourage someone to put those words into practice? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> so like I said, um, love, again, it's for us, it's you can depend on me. And so, you know, um, just being dependable. If, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. You know, if, if you make a promise or... Um, if you make a commitment to something bigger than yourself, you, you do it. And again, like we tell our kids, everyone can do it when they're feeling good and when things are going well and when emotions are high. But it's when you don't feel like doing it or when things are down or when when you're going through a tough circumstance, that's when you really need to remember that, hey, you know what, I made a commitment. And, and if I love this person then I'm going to do it and I'm going to follow through. You know, when I come home from a 10 hour work day, I'm still going to play with my kids because mm. my kids don't care about, um, you know, that I had a, I had a bad work day. They don't care about right. that, but they do care that I hold them and, and I play with them. Right. And so that's, that's really, again, um, I, I just don't think there is a better way to explain the real definition of love. And that's being dependable. Um, ownership that's something that we added two years ago um you know we've had our core covenants for about four years now but i just saw lack of ownership especially in teenagers you know um they uh teenagers these days in 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 many cases um you know they, they want things done for them and they they you know uh they i always say don't ever ask someone to do something you can do for yourself you know, and I feel like a lot of people, they just want things done for them that they could easily do or, you know, um, and, and they just, you know, and like 
I know a lot of our players' grades more than they do, you know, or better than they do. And so um, ownership is something that I felt like was lacking, um, especially the, with, the, with the teenagers that we work with. And so I wanted them to take control, you know, and, and no, there's no reason why I should know your grades better than you do. There's no reason why I should be talking to your teacher before you do, right? I'll step in at some point if you feel like I need to, but I'm not talking to the teacher if you're, that you're having problems with before you talk to them, right? And so um, I kind of skipped the step. We, we defined ownership as it's my life, so it's my responsibility. And so we, you know, we want our players to really own their life and, and to, to um, you know, to care about it more than anyone else does. Because again, sometimes I feel like I care about their lives more than they do, you know, and um, that's, that's, that's not how you can be successful. And then accountability in our program means hold myself and my teammates to higher standards. And so again, before you hold anyone else accountable, right? First, you got to do it and you got to do the things first and you got to hold yourself accountable first, you know? And once you're able to do that, then, you know, great leaders and great teammates help others achieve that, you know? And so for us, accountability isn't, oh, hey man, like, you know, yelling at them and telling them they're screwing up. It's, hey man, that's not going 90 degrees on your, you're not going 90 degrees on your squat. Hey, give me one more rep, you know? Or, hey man, you dogged it on the gasser. Hey, let's run one to, one more together, you and me, right? And so it's uplifting, but also, you know, holding them to high standards. And then lastly, discipline. In our program, we define it as the future is more important than how we feel now. And mm. so the example we I always use is, hey, when we have our 6 a.m. workouts in off season, when that alarm goes off at 5.30, sleeping in. But because you want to be a great football player or because you want to be successful in the future, you ignore how you feel at that moment and you get up. And so really, you know, discipline is ignoring the feelings of the present so you can get what you want the most in the future. So uh, that's really how we kind of define our um, uh, four, four core covenants. And I, I just, those four words um, are, are huge in my life and you know, I believe that if, if we can do these four things, not perfectly because we won't, but to a high standard, I, I think anyone will be successful on the field and off the field, you know. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's, no, that's, how, that's how I would encourage, that's how I'd, uh, I would encourage uh, the listeners. No, that's great. I, I just think you're, you're right. If we all, no matter where we are in life, if we take that approach to love, number one, being the cornerstone, um, we could we could make a big impact in this culture. I think I think you're dead on, especially teaching it to student athletes. Um, I think that's missing because I think you you described it very well that we're we have this false view of love. You know, if we truly understand what love is, and we talked about it a few months ago, um, it, it 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 would change a lot. So let me ask you. You talked about um, you mentioned something about coming home from a ten hour day. Um, you know, so how do you balance? Because the demands of coaching is unlike many careers. So how do you balance the demands of being a coach with life outside of football? You know, you mentioned taking care of your mom or friends or staying connected to the church. So how do you balance it all? Well. One thing I think I, I, you know, I have an advantage of is that I don't have a family of my own yet. Um, and so, you know, I always said until I'm going to basically treat my football program um, as my family. And so I'm able to give a, a lot more, I think, than maybe some married people. Um, and, and, I mean, but I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's something I struggle with still, um, you know, that just finding that balance and, um, you know, and not being so caught up in, in, in the work and taking more time to better myself personally and spend more time with friends and stuff like that. I, that's still a constant struggle for me. Uh, I, I think I've gotten better, um, 
since when you know when I first started coaching, but it's it's not it's not easy, and a lot, a lot of times I do have to kind of check myself, and and some some a lot of times um my thumb no I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, that's something I'm still trying to trying to figure out and do a better job of and be more efficient with you know football stuff and um, cutting back on certain things if it's not that important. Um, but yeah, it's still definitely a struggle because I'm I'm type A and um, I just stuff bothers me. You know, if I if I'm not doing it or if I if I, if I don't know if I'm if I'm not if I feel like though there's something I should be doing um, and so. Yeah, that's it's something I am still struggling and trying to get better at. That's for sure. Yeah. So let me ask you, um, kind of the role of sports. You kind of hit on it when you talked about your experience of moving from Japan to the U.S. That um, sports help break that language barrier. Um, you know, it's no secret that you know we have a culture that is divided. Um, it could be a language barrier, but we're also divided on some race, socioeconomics, politics, religion, but sports is, like you mentioned, one of those things that kind of bridges that and tears down those barriers and brings people together. So, you know, is there, how have you seen that, Um, you know, or maybe share more about your personal experience of sports kind of overcoming that barrier for you? Yeah. um, You know, I, I, I like I said, I think it played the biggest part, um, when I first got to America and because I was always into sports and, um, you know, uh, I was pretty athletic. Um, and so I was able to just kind of fit in and, and, you know, I made friends through recess mainly, not through class. (laughs) And, and so, so, um, I I just, I, I think it played a big part in, in my first couple of years of being here. Um, but obviously nowadays you, you kind of, you know, it's, I, I think it's even more important because of the, of the divide and the, the racial stuff that's going on. Um, but I, to be honest with you, for me personally, I just, I haven't really, uh, really dealt, dealt with that. Um, that's never been a big, big issue since I, you know, I became head coach. I mean, I'm in LA um, and my kids are 90, five percent Hispanic, you know, and I mean that 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 had no bearing on um how I coached or what I did or how the success we had. And then Lincoln it's it's it is one of the most uh diverse schools in Washington. Um and there's never really an issue, you know, um but I just lo- I just love sports because people just have to sacrifice for a common goal and it really doesn't matter about personal agendas or personal skin color or whatever you know um that's something that i'm always appreciated about sports and especially about football because it's such a um, team sport yeah so let me we've mentioned you know faith a, a little bit so let me ask you you know what role does your faith play in your coaching and also do you face resistance from the administration, parents, athletes, um, towards your faith? Uh, so it's my faith though. There's many times, um, to be honest with you, even now, you know, I, I'm, my faith isn't as strong as it could be. And, um, you know, I just, I was just talking, uh, I was actually talking to Spencer uh, a couple of days ago about, Hey, how's your reading going? And I'm like, not good at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, me, me too. We got, we got to get, you know, we got to, Hey, let's, 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 let's get on it and let's keep, you know, checking out on each other. Um, but, but at the end of the day, my faith is why I do what I do. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a martyr or that I'm doing more than any coach or anything like that, but I do sacrifice a lot for the program. And, you know, um, and as you know, we don't really make any money off of it. Um, and I don't think, you know, if I didn't have the relationship I have with God and Jesus, um, I'll be working this hard to, um, you know, 
sacrificed so much and and um you know if it wasn't for my faith it would probably be more just about wins and losses and, and, mm. and football um but because of my faith um i use football as a vehicle to help transform lives you know and um uh being at a public school really my whole um coaching career obviously i can't talk about god now i will talk about him you know just in terms of when i'm talking about myself and hey you know this is why i do what i do but i obviously i'm not preaching or trying to um you know convert them but i i take it serious in terms of how i represent myself and how um the the, the message and messages that i preach you know um in that it, it it yeah like love it, it aligns with the bible you know and so um i i know my i know my place i know my you know what what i can say what i can't say and so really again the there's never been an issue with admin or parents or players um fighting me on that you know we at a public school we we pray before meals you know and there's never pushback um you know and so um yeah i think they just people when when people realize that you have good hearts and you have you're doing the right things and you're doing it because you love the kids i i, I don't know i just i've never really ran into those kind of issues that's awesome um yeah uh, uh i love what you said as your faith keeps the focus away from wins and losses and that football is that vehicle to transfer a lot transform lives i love that and you know because a lot of people get caught up in what the government, what the school system says I can and cannot say. But, you know, at least for me, um, I like to remind myself or remind people that nobody can argue with how you live your life and your own story. Uh, They can't tell you that you can't talk about your own story and your own life. Um, So, you know, we we don't need to worry about arguing what are – you know, arguing the Bible to people, arguing whether God exactly. exists to people. Just live your life in a way that shows people that you love God and that you love them and share your own story because nobody can nobody can shut that down because that's you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. awesome. You know, so and you know, it's it's interesting that you say, you know, you and you know, a friend called you the day and asked how your, your Bible reading is going. And, and you say you can, you can do better. And you know what? I think that's all of us, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just one of the, one of the most important disciplines, but probably one of the most difficult. Um, so I appreciate your transparency there. Cause that's something that I constantly need encouragement on myself. But this next question has to do with, 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 with with uh scripture so do you have a favorite verse that you'd share or is there one that you know god has shown you recently that's really spoken to you you know since college um and and it's nothing crazy or you know there's nothing uh aha or anything like that but um first Corinthians 15 10 it says but by the grace of god i am what i am and um I, I think I heard it in a service and I don't know. It just, it just really stuck, stuck with me. And, uh, my, my, my good college friend, um, made me like, uh, a poster with that verse on it because, you know, she knew I really liked it. And I kind of, that was kind of my verse. Um, but it just, it, I don't know. I, 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 it sticks out to me because I realize I'm so broken and <laughs> I am not, you know, as good as people think. And, you know, again, people see my social media and stuff, but they don't know how broken I am and how messed up I am inside and, and all the mistakes I make, you know, and, but because of his grace, um, I'm able to do what I do and, um, all this, all the success and the publicity I've gotten, um, you know, I don't deserve it because again, I'm, I'm a terrible person, but, um, because of his grace, um, I'm able to do all this and, and, and be who I am. And so, uh, it's, it's something that I always, um, find, find hope and, and, and encouragement in. That's a good reminder. Cause you're right. It's, you know, you mentioned <laughs> social media, we can all hide behind social media and make ourselves look exactly like perfect people, but really, oh, yeah. 
all of us are broken. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, that's that's a great reminder. You know, I love that question because I take notes through all these episodes and and I love to go back and I save all the notes and, and look at the answer to that question because I mean, quite quite honestly, a lot of people do give the the traditional favorites, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I love going back to this because it gives me, you know, over the last 18 months or so that I've been asking this question, it gives me a lot of different scripture to go look back over um, and be encouraged yeah. by, because there's been a number of them and this, this will be one of them. I promise that yeah. I've, I've heard before, right? I've heard it a lot, but I'll go back and go, wow, you know, um, it really spoke to me today. So that's, it's a, today is no different. That's a great reminder. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. It's, it just, again, uh, it reminds me how great, amazing he is and also keeps me humble because it reminds me how terrible I am and I'm nothing <laughs> without his grace. And hey. uh, I mean, if they hey. saw me, if he saw me through the lens of, you know, uh, I mean, with without him having grace, I mean, I mean, I would be in hell right now. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, pow- it, it's powerful. Um, that's good. So one last question. Uh, two words that are real big in yes, sports. Sir. All in. Well, you see it on T-shirts yep. and you hear it. We know what it means, but mm-hmm. also um, maybe not specifically mentioned those two words. But that's what God requires of us if following him. I mean, Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, deny yourself. So what does that look like um, in a practical sense for you and your daily walk to be all in? Yeah. So um, I have a mentor. Um, He's, you know, he he was a coach and all that, but he's more of a spiritual mentor to me. And um, his name is Scotty Kessler. And um, he, he talked to my team he talked to our team a couple of years ago and that was one of his talks, which was, um, what's it mean to be all in? And he said, the definition is not my will, but your will be done. And really that's probably the best definition of, you know, being all in. And, um, and so again, to, in my life, it's, yeah, like I want certain things and I want you know, um, things to go a certain way. And, um, I want to be protected and I want to get all the recognition and, um, I want to win all the games, but, um, it's at the end of the day, it's not my will, it's, it's your will. And so, you know, if, if, if things are going to happen, that doesn't benefit me, but it's going to benefit you, God, um, then, then I gotta, I gotta be, you know, a, a servant and, 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 and continue to work in that. And, um, and I'm going to probably question it or be upset or, you know, be discouraged at some point, but at the end of the day, um, it's, it's his will not mine. And so just being able to kind of keep that in the back of my mind when I face, you know, difficulties or trials, um, I think that's what, uh, helps me. And I think that's what, um, being all in, all it means that at the end of the day, being, being able to be okay when things don't go your way. And when um, God says, Hey, no, I have a better idea. You may not like it. You probably won't like it, but here it is, you know? Um, so that's, that's the definition that my mentor gave me and, and, and the one I, I, I live by. That's a great definition. Um, and I like that because I'm thinking I'm sitting here in my um, thinking about, you know, if you approach every day like that, if you wake up and, you know, approach every day that, you know what, God, today, your ways are better than mine. If I live that way every day, things will go a lot better than, than they normally do. Because a lot of days I wake up and it's, it's my to-do list. It's my agenda. It's my way. And then, you know, then when things don't go well, it's like, you know, then that's when I reach out and start praying and, and asking for help. But if you approach the, the start of the day with, okay, God, today it's your will and not mine. I, that's powerful. That's good. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's not, again, like everything else, I, 
I've taken. I, I, you know, I wasn't smart enough to come with, come up with it. So that's that's Scotty Kessler. Uh, that you know, that all props to him for giving me that definition because it's it's really helped me a lot, and it's it's helped our program too. And you know, um, he, when he described it, he was like, "Hey, right, the the head coaches, the whatever, you know, the 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 leader of the program, and so." When when he asks you to do something, it's it's his will, not yours, you know. And and sometimes I, um, not in a selfish way, or you know, not to put myself up, but I I, I sometimes remind the players that when they don't want to play a certain position, or when they're being selfish about something, you know. And so it's been a good thing for our program as well. Oh yeah, because you can you can you can tie that in a practical sense outside of the spiritual realm. Yeah, that's good Definitely. stuff. Yeah, hey, I know um I know you're trying to get a lot done as y'all start uh start back to practice soon and so I know it's a it's a busy time so I really do appreciate it. Um enjoyed your time and I, I gotta tell you no thanks for having me. I know I know there's some things that I wrote down in the notes that I'm gonna go back on <laughs> and you know and try to work on in my own life because it's it's been a, a blessing and an encouragement to to hear your story and the and to have you, you on, so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's an honor. It really is. You bet. Thank you again for listening, number one, through some of the delays. Thank you to Coach Matsuboto for taking time to share his story, you know, that how he has built football programs both in Los Angeles and now in Tacoma with love being the cornerstone and using football to transform lives because he says his faith is why he does what he does. And to wake up every day saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. And a lot of us do that when we face big decisions. God, show me your will. But let's take every day. Let's wake up and say, God, you today, I want you to be glorified. It's your plan. It's your ways today, not mine. That's the biggest takeaway from this. But I, I just go back to his Los Angeles days and having those parents write the love letters for the kids and just the reaction for the kids. And it just shows that the... There's power in writing notes. And I know that's something that really convicted me that I need to do more of that. But I just truly encouraged, uh, again, by a football program that love is the cornerstone because that's how we're going to change our culture is teaching people about love. And that's the ultimate love and that Jesus died on the cross for you and me. And we're teaching them to love God and to love others. If we focus on that, we can transform this culture. So thank you again for listening. I hope you were as encouraged as, as, as I was in that conversation. We'd love to hear from you. You can interact with us on our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org, or our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type All In Sports Outreach. You'll find our pages. You can find out opportunities to pray for us, serve with us, and to give. Um, so thank you again. Share this episode with somebody. I know there's somebody in your life um, that could be encouraged. So if you, And also, if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, whatever podcast platform you use, just click subscribe. Um, we have a lot of incredible stories coming up, so I know you'll want to hear those. Thank you for your constant prayers, your encouragement, and your support. Until next time.